This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. And we're back with Off the Break Podcast. I'm Cody. With me are Kyle and Eric. Hello. Welcome back, everyone. And a Buzz Lightyear drink container that's staring Kyle right in the face. It's beautifully creepy. It's not I put creepy. it purposely staring well, at him. Now he's going to stare at you. Oh, please. And I'm going to please. see. Oh, his eyes are turned a little bit. I, I want all know. buzzes to oh. stare so at the, me all, at all times. What's creepy about it is that <laughs> it's just a head that's popping out of a cup, but there's no arms. So it just looks like. <laughs> but he has his wings. It looks, it's Buzz. It looks like Sid tried to combine a cup and Buzz Lightyear together. Sid from the first Toy Story. It looks like that's one of his it's creations. It's a Sid creation. As yeah. much Toy Story as I've been consuming the past several days. This is just. That right doesn't creep me out in the well, slightest. We have one next to you too, actually. Yeah. I just I realized. One, so I had one behind him. Aww. Mine will be. Looking oh, over there's his wings. Shoulder. Okay, there's wings in the back of this cup. These so it's really pretty kind cool. of his arms. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> You sound like Sid. <laughs> no one wants to sound like Sid. <laughs> I just love Buzz. I mean, Buzz is fantastic. I mean, the cups are cool, but again, it's just the head part that's only the head. A little it's creepy. A little creepy. Don't listen it. to them. They're cute. So anyway, that's <laughs> that's that. Uh, what's up? What, have, what's, what are we, we going to do? What have we got do? on the menu today? Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, Kyle went and saw the Ford versus Ferrari early show last night. I and sure did. Both of you gentlemen went and saw Dr. Sleep, mm-hmm. so we had to talk about that, why it's a terrible, terrible movie. <laughs> and by that, we mean it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> it's yeah. a pretty good movie. And then there's some fun things in the news, and we saw some really good animated trailers, I think. Yeah, weirdly, it was a good week. I don't yeah. think there's ever been a week where you know, there's more than one animated trailer, let alone three, where I'm like, okay, I'm going to see that. The power of Disney next weekend is definitely helping that. Mm-hmm. Helping us get all these animated trailers. Oh yeah, Fro- yeah, all of them Frozen are going to play before Frozen. Out, so they're all. I didn't prepping. even think about that. Yeah, I yeah. kind of figured that was why. After like the third one that popped up, I was like, "Oh right, Frozen." Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense now. Yeah, they want to not only get it on Frozen, but just all the holiday yeah. product. So I guess where to begin? Let's talk about that. Yeah, which scary, movie do we choose? Dark movie. Doctor Sleep that bombed rightly yeah. so. We weren't it able did to, bomb. Oh we, my god. And it deserved it. We weren't <laughs> able to talk about it last week, so let's just go through it real quick. Yeah. I mean, right up front, I uh, I can say I it's a pretty darn good movie. I thought it was uh if you have to have a sequel to The Shining, you know, you could do a lot worse than yes. than Doctor Sleep. Um it's very different than The Shining. It's not really a horror film, I would say. No. There's like some creepy atmosphere here and there and some scenes that are a little really unnerving. But nowhere near what Shining did. No, it's think. it's more of like an addiction drama at the beginning mm-hmm. than like a recovery kind of it's it's mo- it's mainly about like Danny facing his own like kind of inner demons and like the things that have the, traumatized him yeah, from the first the trauma movie. He faced- from The Shining, and now he's mixed with a little uh, supernatural evil. What would you even describe the evil as? cult? Yeah, their name is the True Knot. Yep, I knew that they said that, and I couldn't remember what it was, so I looked it up. Um, led by Rebecca Ferguson, known as Rose the Hat, who's the best character. She's in the terrifying. Movie. She's awesome. She's awesomely terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's so many different places to start when talking about this movie. So does that mean I need to talk? Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell me some of your opinions. Well, I was excited but nervous. Um, excited because it looked interesting. Like a sequel of The Shining is something I never 
even thought of, but I was nervous because I was hoping it wasn't going down the rabbit hole of turning The Shining into once was an um, unknown thing about the original movie and turn it into like a superpower you know yeah like i was worried at like the climax of the movie they'd be shooting like shining powers at each other just like something. miming their hand like yeah. iron man palm blast things. yeah exactly oh I was, yeah but it's not that movie at all like eric was saying it's actually a really interesting um addiction slash trauma yeah um type of story or it explores those themes and it does a good job through an adult uh, Danny, because you know uh, everything that happened. The Shining. If you've seen The Shining, still plays into him as adult. Like uh, that he's makes pretty messed sense. up. It took a toll on him. Yeah, <laughs> but you get to see him overcome, or at least like be able to temper down um, all of his trauma. But then, of course, it comes back to haunt him, and he has to re- learn to reevaluate himself and his past uh, life as he tries to save. A uh, little girl who also has similar shining abilities that he does. Yeah, that was the most interesting slash also kind of the most... The thing I was the most hesitant about with this movie was the idea that like the ability to shine or the shining is like a... I mean, it kind of is a superpower. And there's a certain number of kids throughout the country or the world who are more sensitive to it. It's kind of like the Force. Yeah. But uh, And then Rose the Hat's cult and her kind of just travel around hunting down these kids mm-hmm. who you know they get the because they can kind of sense it mm-hmm. so they, they they track down the kids who are the most sensitive to this shining power mm-hmm. and then they devour the kids yeah. and eat their screams and drink their fear yeah it's really messed which up which is horrible and that's why the yeah, movie and they kind of terrible the, they show that kind of literally and it's really messed you just up can't kill kids on screen i don't care like Whatever they didn't kill the, the first is, girl on screen. They shouldn't kill any kids. They on just screen. heavily implied it, and then there's another kid later, Jacob Tremblay, and yeah. they kill him on screen. You yeah, know what? It's pretty they, I haven't even seen it, oh. and that stayed with me. Like I had nightmares <laughs> about it. No joke. Last night I couldn't go to sleep because all I could think about was this horrible thought of him. Yeah, it's on his back up. in the sand, being stabbed to death, and like yeah, that stuff like, stays with turn me. Turn his chest into like hamburger, yeah. and then just yeah. like bury him. Yeah. Like two feet under. But despite them but despite them being so ruthless, I liked all the screen time that they had. Like yeah. I, I liked They were interesting. I liked a movie where I was finally able to I just haven't seen a movie in a, quite a while that has explored a villain, especially a villain that's played so well. Yeah, not even not to this extent for sure. Like she almost gets as much screen time as um Ewan McGregor's Danny Torrance does, and I yeah. loved seeing both their characters. I love seeing them um having uh different thought processes on like the shining or like on their abilities and Mm -hmm. it it still was made to where it was so unknown of what the shining is but it had good teases of what it could be and that was enough for me like i said i don't want them shooting beams of light out of their (laughs) hands i don't want you know i i just don't need that for this type of movie and i think uh it was able to do that well while still paying homage to so what is the shining in the movie in the best ways what is the shining is it this the shining is it ability to speak to the dead or see kind of i that think realm? what i get that. from it is just it's or they're so full of light it's a good thing but it's it's like a double-edged sword it's like a extreme empathy is kind of what you get the feeling of because that's a good way to word you know it. like danny torrance 
one of the most beautiful parts of this movie, honestly, to me, is he he meets this um, like construction manual labor worker um, when he just stumbles into the city and he recognizes that Danny is you know, kind of worn out. And he's like, hey, man, I've been there. Let me help you. Let me get yeah. you a place to stay, get you a job. And that job is like a janitor at like a like a hospice area. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's this really beautiful little subplot um, where Danny um, will go into the different patients' um, rooms and there's this white cat that walks around the, the hospice area and was the, it white or black? It was a white cat. Oh, and, the, okay. and the people know that if that cat goes into your room and sits on the edge of your bed, that's the, when you die. You know, that's it's your time to go. Yeah. And Danny goes in and because he has this shining, he can like kind of read their thoughts and speak to them telepathically and speak to them on just this instinctual emotional level. And he just kind of sits by their bed and holds their hand and tells them that, you know, everything's going to be fine. We don't we don't end you know right you death you don't have to be scared of it and just like really eases these people's fears and so that stuff was all really beautiful mm-hmm. um yeah really good themes i so, thought yeah so the shining i mean you take that that's like the good side of it but then rose the hat and all of their cult and everything that you know they're literally killing these kids to suck the shining out of them mm-hmm. so they're kind of like perverting this really good thing in so instead of just like being empathy, feeling empathy for people to be good, you, you know what they're feeling. So you know how to kind of manipulate them or control them or devour them. So it's, they don't really explain it. And I like that. Right. It's just kind of like a, it's kind of a little bit of the force, a little bit of other just stuff. The mystique of it all. Yeah. Yeah. It The mystique is still there and that I appreciate it because that's what I liked about the first shining so much or at least one of the parts was just that how why was the hotel so central to both the previous story and this story is it like an epicenter of shining power or is Um, it just a ability of people to manifest that's something i was asking myself i'm not sure if the if the overlook hotel is like ground zero for these spirits that's what they made it feel like or if it's just you know that's where all of the major trauma that danny experienced happened but I think it's probably the same. It you know, has it's, to have more of a connection because there was a reason why I think in the for Shining that people go crazy there. Yeah, and I mean that's a common. Th- uh, I don't want to say trope. That's like a common theme in yeah. a lot of Stephen King's writing is just this abstract uh, concentration of just evil. Yeah. Or like, you know, not kind of like it in Derry. Yeah. Right. Derry just as a city is the an evil, evil place. Yeah. Um. Because they're like, you know, in the first one where Danny's like running away, Danny and his mom are running and there's those creepy spirits, like the dog guy in the dog suit, like giving the business guy like oral sex. And then there's that dude with the holding the martini glass and blood's running down Mm -hmm. his head. A lot of those characters come back um, and, you know, they're all obviously already there before Danny. So I think that it's kind of a combination, you know. Danny just happened to endure lots of trauma in this place that is like the epicenter of a lot of this Do you think evil. his mom had that gift? No. No. So it was more difficult no, for they, her they, to they, even understand what was going on? They make yeah. it clear in the beginning that she has difficulty understanding what's going on with him. I mean, she knows he's traumatized, but she doesn't know what he's thinking. Yeah. Or seeing, I guess. But 
no, it's 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 really interesting, and especially thinking about it after the fact, because like Holleran, the the guy who in the first one initially told Danny about The Shining, he kind of comes back as like a spirit in this one, but he's kind of like a not quite a guardian angel, but just kind of like a voice of reassurance that kind of shows up and talks to Danny when he kind of needs him. Um, do many? Do you think it's implied that many people make it to adulthood with this gift, or not? No, I don't know. they make that. No, they do make apparent that it's a bit tricky. Yeah, or and to well, at least hide it. Well, there's a throughout thing your life. towards the end when like kind of around the the final showdown with Rose the Hat, she makes a comment about Danny. Like she didn't even realize that he had that ability at yeah. first. Like Where she just didn't even. Been yeah, she just didn't even <laughs> suspect it because obviously she's so focused on this new kid. Right. Um, and because Danny has sort of kind of remind me of Luke in The Last Jedi when he kind of like closes himself off to the force. Danny like just literally and metaphorically locks all association, all memories, all semblance of any of this trauma. He just locks it away and buries it in his like mind palace kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that probably makes him able to pass without alerting Rose the Hat or any of them. But then when he willingly brings it all back or like relives it, then she's like, whoa, like I didn't realize that you're you're pretty powerful with this. So, yeah, it was a good movie. I feel like I probably from everything you said could have really enjoyed this movie and all of the (laughs) of it. But there was that scene and I feel like it's so unnecessary. Like you can imply that they do this without being so graphic in it. And I I mean, like like I said, it's not that graphic mm. i mean it's pretty graphic yeah i mean is. it's only <laughs> it's, it's, okay it's that graphic it because of his freaking screams they're yeah. so bone chilling that's why they hired jacob trembling but yeah. i mean like it's not like that. you see the knife going in and like making him like sure hamburger it. but <laughs> i mean you see it from the side and like one person's arm is couldn't like covering you, where the they... knife goes in but you see like the blood splattering yeah. on his face and neck and stuff couldn't you have just left that scene out and then they still found his body and it's still all implied that obviously he died a horrific death sure mm-hmm. if you want i mean to if be you PG-13. want but i mean like they're, they're establishing like, this creepy uh, cult who you know yeah, it's horrific what's happening to this kid, but in a twisted way, it's being played from the cult's perspective. And to them, it's like, oh my God, we're going to feast, you know? So, like, they show everything because the cult is just reveling in it. And, like, you see the shine mist essence come out of the kid, and they all just, like, stand over his body and, like, huff it in. It's really disturbing, but it's being played from their perspective, and, you know, they're pretty horrific, horrific people. So. Right. I just think that had that scene not been in it, it probably would have played just as well. Like it, the story would have gone on just as well. You don't need that. It kind of depends, I but I would do. say that to make the impact that it does, it does need to kind of go not terribly graphic. But I thought it did. It just did. Yeah, the it right wasn't amount. gratuitous, but like I mean, it shows you what they did to the kid. But it we also like... have different levels on like right. what grotesque is. So. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. That's I mean, I, objectively, it's not anything that's gonna get. I mean, the movie obviously is rated R, but like this scene alone, there's no actual gore. There's no actual like, you don't see the knife cutting this kid. You just most right. of it's kind of from wider angles, but it's just how they executed it, yeah. the direction and the performances of the performance of Jacob. Oh my god! Yeah, that's really the most <laughs> grotesque part is the performance. It's that not kid's so performance. That's like ninety percent of why it's so horrific to yeah. watch. Again, that's why you hired Jacob Tremblay. He's that good. 
kid knows know. his stuff. I couldn't stop yeah. thinking about it last night. It was just killing me on the inside. <laughs> this whole Face your fears. Just no. Confrontation therapy. Okay. No, Exposure therapy. It's horrible. Like, you don't need to put that, that stuff in you. That's why I can't watch it. It just... I only heard it and I had that issue because <laughs> you can imagine what my mind makes it out to be. Oh, yeah. But to actually witness that, that just goes into you, into your soul. And because that's what movies do. Like yeah, they put emotions supposed to into do. you. And these are evil people doing an evil thing. And you got to see just how evil they are. It made Otherwise, it's just like they're the bad guys. Instead of I don't these guys are like evil that. and they are going to eat all of your kids. Uh, trust. Well, no, I think like enough, if you kill enough kids off screen, that you get the idea. They only did that to the kid in the very, 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 very first scene of the movie. <laughs> they only killed one other kid that we saw. It's, I'm not arguing over the <laughs> amount of kids killed. I'm arguing over like the way in which it's portrayed on screen. I'm sorry, but you just cannot kill kids in movies and have a good movie. Just can't. I've seen lots of good movies with no. dead kids. No. <laughs> it's a messed up thing to say, but it's true. Oh, boy. If the story calls for it and you really want to, like, establish your evil bad guys, sometimes you got to kill a kid. I like how I like how Star Wars did it where it's just implied and you see that cute little face and then you see a dark <laughs> face and then... What are we going to do? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know he's evil. You see it in the and you see security the- recordings. Don't you? You see Anakin like Kinda, twirling the lightsaber yeah. and the kids like, the or the little, younglings like not Wah! the little little ones. You see I it. Don't know. I like that. That I can handle. It's <laughs> Pre- just as evil. Preteen death is fine. Little kids not so much. Yeah, Revenge of the no. Sith is a well, it is PG thirteen. It's PG thirteen. It's Star Wars. It's like for families. Yeah. Doctor Sleep's not for families. I understand. And no, I get it. Get I know that this scene, this scene is just as I was watching this in the back of my mind, I'm like, Cody will never like, this is the scene yeah. that she is like, like the most the horrified pinnacle. about. Yeah. This like everything she example. talks about as much as she's brought up, you can't kill kids in movies. And I'm like, this is everything Cody means. Yeah. <laughs> like when yeah. she talks about that stuff. It stays stuff. with me internally. Yeah. Like, I mean, it stayed with me. It's, it's that kid. And then you just parents, sit there and it's like, Oh my and he, God. And he had this light. So it's even more devastating because he was probably just so loved and just so, Oh, oh yeah, he was a sweetheart. Yeah. Everybody loved him. He had a promising baseball career. Yeah, the kid was going to be a star. Apparently, <laughs> and they just cut him open and sucked his fear down and buried him. Yeah, really half-assedly too. Well, just like, they don't eh, throw some dirt on him. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't very. He'll deep. be fine. He'll be fine. <laughs> Not that we would know. We're just saying it kind of looked that way. But yeah, no, it was a, it was it was a good movie. It was overly long. Purely because, like Kyle said, the bad guys were done very well, but they kind of just abandoned them halfway through. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of frustrating because I was really liking how much time they were spending with them. Yeah. I was really getting to know them. And, you know, the whole trope of, like, the gang of bad guys is pretty common. You see it in, like, Harry Potter and, you know, with the Death Eaters and stuff. You know that they're evil, but you really only care about the main leader. Right. But this one was a little bit different because of the amount of time you spent with them. You know, I started to get to know them. I knew their names. But then they killed them all off in one scene, and Rose the Hat just kind of takes a back seat for 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, that part was a bit strange, but so, the movie throughout, though, is a lot better than I feel like that's very satisfying. That, <laughs> that would be very satisfying to me. <laughs> no more no more dead kids? Or if they could just have been tortured to death. That I mean, she gets, even, Rose the Hat gets pretty tortured that would be yeah. when even they kill more, her. Like, physically, like, gruesomely tortured. 
It happens to Rose the Hat, and okay. all the others just get shot with rifles. No, they needed to be tortured, too. <laughs> I'm so, not disagreeing yeah. with you, but it didn't happen. So that their screams were fed upon. <laughs> no, their screams just went, got blown away in the wind. Like they, like they were never even anything. Are they super old? Do you find out? Mm-hmm. Like, well, they'll look young, but that's because they're staying young by feasting yeah. on kids. But like when they get killed, well, actually there's a scene where like the eldest member of the cult, he's yeah. not the leader for some reason, but it's implied that him and Rose like have a thing, even though he looks way older than her. Yeah. But because the, the cult has been, <laughs> because the cult has like been starving because they haven't been able to find as many kids. Um, they're all going hungry, and if they can't keep eating, then they die. And yeah. there's a scene where he dies, and you see, as old as he looks, he, like, turns ancient before he, like, actually dies, uh-huh. kind of showing their their true age. So, and then when all the other cult members get killed, excuse me, like, they'll get shot and then rapidly turn, like, a billion years old. They look like yeah. mummies, and then they'll, like, dissipate. Hmm. Do, do they ever talk about their lives so you get a sense of how old they are? Or, or I mean, Rose is... the Hat, when she's talking about, I think his name was Grandpa Flynn or Fleck or something like that. Yeah. And she's talking about him as he's dying because he's terrified of dying. It's right. it's a cool kind of parallel to the scenes where Danny is comforting people as they die. But yeah. because these people have done horrible, evil things. They're you know? not going to get the Yeah, same. they're terrified. Yeah. And so he's panicking as he's dying and Rose the Hat's like... You watched Empire's rise and fall, implying that he's been around for like thousands yeah. and thousands of years. But you don't learn anything specific. Should we talk about why it did not perform well? Yeah, because you can't kill kids in movies. <laughs> That's why. No, I mean, can we talk about the real reason why? That it is didn't the real reason. <laughs> there's probably a, there's probably several no, several reasons. They killed a child in the first. I mean, minutes. I wouldn't. I don't think it's from lack of marketing. At least because I saw the trailer before a lot of movies. That yeah. like a lot of the movies yeah, I've seen too. recently, the Doctor Sleep trailer has played beforehand. But I don't know. I think it's a combination of it's a sequel to a movie that's forty years old that wasn't the biggest success originally either. Kind of like Blade Runner when that happened. Yeah, I feel like they were a little they overestimated the fandom of The Shining. Like it's one of those movies yeah. where people know about it mainly through like here's Johnny. And you know, kind they of memes and stuff like that, and they hear it as like yeah. one of the best horror movies, but they've never seen it. But outside of a lot of outside whatever. of like more serious like cinephiles or like horror fans, yeah, you know, people maybe they've seen it once. Three of the people in my theater had not seen the original one. I overheard after the movie, so I feel like it's a combination of them just overestimating just how popular or well known The Shining is, and it came out like right after Halloween. You kind of think that that's like a more of a yeah, the timing was Pre-Halloween type good. of movie. Do you think the Veterans Day weekend kind of was weird for all these movies? Because it, it kind of was a weird weekend in general. It was, a, it was a weird weekend. It was a weak weekend for sure. Even Yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know. These things, there's many reasons, but. That coupled with my rule. <laughs> End of the day, just... people just didn't go see it. The nail in the coffin. Those reasons, <laughs> coupled with my rule, are nail in the coffin. Because it's a good movie. And, like, you know, I got the sense from the six other people that were in the theater that they all liked it, too. Yeah. And, like, its audience reception online is pretty positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's not a movie that, you know, is going to make groups of friends get together. Like, oh, we should all get together and go see this. 
It's or... no countdown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Lots of reasons why, but it just people didn't go see it. Just because people, is unfortunate. I think, un, like know the name, re- have that um, IP recognizable doesn't mean recognition. that recognition. Yeah, that recognition. Thank you. Yep. Um, that that doesn't mean that that's gonna get that compel them to spend no. money on it. It's not the, every IP lands now. No. Yeah, I mean, the more I think that about too, it now, yeah. I feel like Blade Runner is kind of a good comparison because, like, mm-hmm. in the decades since the first one came out. It's Harold, you know, people love it. It's a classic film. It's one of the greatest, you know, it's seen as one of the greatest films ever. Great sci-fi People love films. it, you know? Yeah. But that doesn't mean that a lot of people saw it when it first You're came right. out. And if a lot of people didn't really see it when it first came out, I mean. And I just wonder if there's just an age gap. Like, it, like we kind of follow along this with nostalgic route. Like, all this stuff in the 80s and 90s are getting remade now. We're like, oh, from yeah. our childhood. But this stuff is all predating that. Like I kind of think like Dumbo was was tough and Mary Poppins to a certain extent didn't work. And it just. No, there's definitely something to that. I think there's a level like you can only go back so far before people aren't really interested or invested enough. Yeah. Don't get that um, nostalgic twinge. And when you think back to it, all of these franchises that had long gaps in between and then come back to roaring success. Like I'm thinking of Star Wars right now. So, like, Return of the Jedi comes out in 83, mm-hmm. and then, you know, nothing in terms right. of theatrical movies. And then Phantom Menace comes out, like, 15 years later. Yeah. 15 is a lot. There's a big difference between 15 years of nothing to mm-hmm. build up anticipation and 40 years. Right. You know, 40 years, maybe if Dr. Sleep had come out, you know, 15 years after The Shining, yeah. then people would be like, Well, you okay, think somebody in cool, their mid, tw- late 20s, early 30s that might have really enjoyed the shining mm-hmm. when it came out are in their 70s 40 years later <laughs> that's like, crazy like they, yeah. they don't go to the movie anymore exactly. yeah and so then you're we're hoping that their kids somehow mm-hmm. are gonna find the same enjoyment when it at that time it's such a generational shift yep. that tastes you have just, changed there's a time you have a time limit mm-hmm. it's it's the romantic thought would be like if it's good enough it doesn't matter how long it's been. Right. People are going to see and it. And grant, that's just not true. And granted, there's some stories that can transcend that, like Star is Born. But they remade a basic story into using well, yeah, they, they weren't, modern stuff. It, all, it wasn't a sequel. I feel like a right. lot of people out there also are like, well, I never saw The Shining. Yeah. I'm not going to understand this. Well, I yep. don't even think many people read the but the sequel to The Shining. No, which tons of people didn't even Dr. know it was Sleep. a sequel. Yeah, exactly. I had no idea. Even with the trailer, because like so much of the marketing was like, like Red Rum and stuff like that. It's like what? It's but, references, and I think in the trailer they say like. The first the trailer was very explicit that it was a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. But like, if you don't see the trailer, people are like Doctor Sleep, that doesn't immediately make you think The Shining. It also you know. kind of makes me sad too because people could have walked into this being like, "Ooh, something new. Let's see what this is." But even still, like nobody, Why despite good marketing, and still didn't call it Doctor Sleep. Uh, it's it's a little corny just because whenever you say the title of the movie in the movie, it's a yeah. little corny. But when he's doing the comforting the hospice people, yeah, the guy like one of the first people, Doctor of Death, one of the first people that he comforts is. Once he uses telepathy, he's just like, it's like everything is fine. I promise we don't end. The guy's mm-hmm. just like, oh, that feels so much better. He's like, you're you're like a doctor, and he's like, I'm no doctor. He's like, I'm, he's like, I'm no doctor. He's like, yes, you are, doctor sleep. Because he's talking yeah. about how death is just kind of like going to sleep. Yeah. 
so it's a touching scene but okay title maybe doesn't work that i wouldn't have called the movie that because that doesn't i think give the viewer enough information maybe not to be like oh i know i I know what this is if I'm not invested that I already know what's a sequel and these other things. But that just goes back to what I'm saying though. Like people still could have seen it as like, it's something new despite the title being kind of weird and like the marketing looked Mm -hmm. good to where it could have people checking it out. But even still for whatever reason, like it just didn't work. Cause yeah, I I went, I had peaks and valleys of anticipation for this thing. Mm -hmm. I was interested because you know, once I, saw who was directing it and stuff i was like okay he's got some credibility like let's see and then i was like i don't know and then i got a little more excited and then i saw it and i was like this was a very well constructed movie mm-hmm. like there's a couple minor issues with the bad guys and stuff but it's a very it's a very well made movie but it's you know it underperformed maybe mm-hmm. it'll get maybe kind of a cult thing maybe not but Bottom line, this sometimes this just happens with movies. Yeah, a lot of times, good movies will just never be seen. Finding with my family from earlier this I year. I want to see that just because I'm so in love with Florence Pugh now. Like, yeah, I'm like, oh yeah, that came out. I'm gonna have to go back and She's see that. She's good in that too, man. For her performance, she's really good in that too. Um. Anyway, so should we get on to the yeah. next thing? We race cars, race cars, vroom vroom, vroom vroom. How was the vroom vroom movie? It's... We're talking about Ford v Ferrari. Yes. yes. So you know. <laughs> Uh, directed by James Mangold, stars Matt Damon, Christian Bale, and Damon. every everything about this movie is just awesome. <laughs> High I, octane kinetic thrills. It, Danger. It, it really is though. It it does a good job at painting a picture of what the situation was like between the two companies, Ford versus Ferrari, as they were trying to like, as Ferrari was still trying to be the king of um, racing at the time, but Ford was trying to you know beat ferrari and by doing so they're trying to get into the racing game of it all and that stuff's all interesting and it's really well crafted out but that's not the biggest sell the biggest sell in the movie is uh matt damon and um christian bale's characters like coming together um despite them being kind of frenemies kind of you know that like they are friends but like they do what friends do they bicker they fight they don't get along all the time yeah you kind of get that scene in the trailer where they're like wrestling and then they yeah which is still beers. it's still funny like that scene's still hilarious um but it's really like a movie about like what friendship is especially like Aww. what male friendship is and like what um like men what men are really be able to connect with with them in their is cars not for movie? all men but it, it does paint that picture of like why uh, people enjoy cars and why at that time like cars were such a big deal um and i just thought that was all painted really well uh they really fleshed out these real life people uh very nicely christian bale and matt damon are awesome uh the directing for the racing scenes are awesome like each racing um yeah they're montage. like a handful of like yeah. big major race set pieces yeah and at first it feels like there are like montages or sometimes you get hints of like hearing what happens in some races but it's really each one that they show keeps building and building and it like gets you excited you like feel what Mm -hmm. everyone else is feeling throughout the race and they're all just shot so well like you feel like impact of cars hitting each other or cars like you know flying or swerving and it's just it's really just a blast but it's also very heartfelt and it feels like a true story that's not totally paint by numbers but it does really sell what a true story is supposed to be doing well i mean 
I'm I'm guilty of this sometimes too. A lot of these based on a true story sports thing, you know, they get kind of not a bad bad rep, but you know, there's certain tropes that go along with them, there's like the tropes, like the montages the of them trying and failing different things, yeah. and you know, maybe it's set to like a classic rock song or whatever. Sure, but again, it's all in the execution, and I mean, I was talking to Kyle about this earlier, but the movie Rush directed by Ron Howard is a, a racing movie mm-hmm. based on a true story about kind of like a friendly rivalry kind of thing. And that movie was great. You yeah. Know? Uh, just because it, just because you could say that technically it checks off these trope boxes. Mm-hmm. That's not in and of itself a bad thing. It kind of failed though to be, ever become an awards contender and it didn't perform very well in the box. Rush. Yeah. Rush. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Rush kind of went under, I didn't see it in theaters either. I, yeah. That because and that that was also just a crowded year though. That was a really good year. I think it that was, was twenty thirteen. Yeah. I, I think so. So you had twelve years of slave. You had gravity. You had her. You had Captain Phillips. You have all of these these big no, awards movies. That, that was a really good year. Things are gonna get pushed out. Yeah. yeah. I just I know this one's getting compared to that one quite a bit. Yeah. Because of the star quality and all of that, but yeah, as an awards contender, what do you think? You know, ideally, if it does get nominated for things, what categories most likely? Ooh, um, could you see happening? I could see it being the conversation for best picture. I think Ooh. it's getting a lot of reviews, and I think it's going to be a feel-good movie that will um, make people be like, "Oh yeah, I remember like really enjoying that and feeling good." So I'll put that in as my vote or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been hearing that. Christian Bale and Matt Damon are both being considered for lead actor. Ooh. Um, I think Who's that better? might. If you had a gun to your head. Uh, Bale. Bale's just so good. I would so good. assume Christian Yeah, I Bale. mean, you would assume and you would be correct, but Matt Damon is really good I mean, yeah, movie. it's Christian Bale. <laughs> I think that's, that's going to make it a bit tough for um, both of them or one of them to get nominated. Do you think Probably. it'll split votes? Yeah, it might. I think it will lean towards Christian Bale's way. Yeah. Um, if I had to guess, uh, but I do think that because they're both being considered um, for lead actor, it's just going to make the voters be like, oh, I don't know. I'm not going to, I'm just not going to choose. <laughs> yeah. Unlike what the favorite did last year um, with Emma Stone and um, Rachel Weisz, I think it's going to mm-hmm. be where they just have a hard time to sign and maybe none of them get any votes for this. Uh, I think it would be nice if one or both of them were able to, but I don't know. I think this year might be a bit tough for one or both of them to get in. Yeah. Um, direct maybe best directing, but I think that's kind of a long shot. Uh, I just haven't seen the rest of movie the movies come for this year. Probably editing and writing could be a sound stuff. Yeah, I think that I could be that. a very good chance. Hmm. No, I'm excited to see it. I'm gonna try and check it out this weekend. Yeah, I would really recommend it. Like, you don't have to be a car enthusiast to go see this. Um, oh yeah, I guess I that was gonna been, be. I know I was Sorry. saying a lot about it like paint a picture of like what male friendship is like but i think anyone could be able to see this movie and be able to understand yeah. it uh, it's not j- it's not just like a paint as a male friendship so somebody thing. who knows nothing what somebody who thought this was a nascar movie is uh, am I, <laughs> somebody in this room <laughs> i'm not gonna say any names it was me um <laughs> am, am i gonna get kind of like the is it gonna make sense to me yes. like will it introduce everything i need to know yeah it, like the it culture of whatever race they're doing yeah, you understand the culture. You understand like the what the rules, stakes of the race, race are, works. what the rules cool. are. Awesome. You pretty much learn like how the racing scene in those early days really goes, and it's very interesting. Um, oh. I'm not a 
car enthusiast myself, but even I was able to, to get into it. Like I said, like I had my blood pumping as like mm-hmm. the racing scenes kept building and building. So I think that's going to happen for just about anyone. Awesome. The story was just that good. Well, I will check Executed it out. very well. Yeah. Thanks. I'm hoping that this one does well, but it's going to be another interesting weekend for sure. Yeah. Oh, I think it'll do very well. And I think Charlie's Angels is in trouble. Yeah, I think that movie's in trouble, yeah. too. Charlie's Angels is getting some good feedback, but I still think it... I don't think it's a bad film, and I I think a lot of the conversation around it is making it sound like it's going to be this bomb, and I don't know if it's because expectations over that that name, you know? I feel like, like nobody has expectations. Maybe. No, Sony definitely has expectations that it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, I I mean, like, people out there, I don't think yeah. there's any, like, diehard Charlie's Angels fanatics who are, like, ride or die, like, this better honor the integrity of the original, too. Yeah. Like, I feel like most people are like, oh, they're doing another one of that? Yeah. And there's going to some be some people out there, like, with the Twilight Girl? Come on. But I wish I would have been able to go see it last night. I really wanted to, but I didn't make it. And now I feel like I could really add to this conversation. I should, I, be, had. <laughs> I should be seeing it tomorrow. So maybe the Kyle next week. Kyle lend us his firm male voice on this subject. Yeah, because yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, the target that's what Charlie's Angels needs, a firm male voice. <laughs> what did you think of the feminine perspective and the female gaze in Charlie's yeah. Angels? Let me tell you. <laughs> Oh, so um, which of our two major stories should we move on to? Let's, resurrecting dead people or J.K. Rowling? Let's not. talk about J.K. Rowling. Okay, okay. then we'll get to the resurrecting so, uh, dead people. <laughs> looks like J- uh, Warner Bros. has finally admitted or finally seen the writing on the wall, which is J.K. Rowling can't really be surrounded by yes men when it comes yeah. to writing these Fantastic Beasts movies. And we no. got that from an article in Variety, correct? Correct. I believe so, yep. Yeah. Uh, so long story short, uh, she has a, sc- a co-writer. Another screenwriter has stepped in to help her write the third movie. Yeah, and this co-writer... The third Fantastic Beasts movie. Yeah, yeah. and this co-writer helped co-write the... Like all the Harry Potter All the movies. Harry Potters. There was or at a, least most There of was them. a different screenwriter, but he helped co-write that. Now it's J.K. Rowling in the seat, because J.K. Rowling didn't write the scripts for the Harry Potter films. No. No. So I think I think it's like a, a good first step to having- It's a good first step. It's yeah. a little late. It's a way late. They, <laughs> after the first Fantastic Beast, they should have had a, a writer on yeah, it. They shouldn't absolutely. have given her a second chance. No, I mean that Crimes of Grindelwald was to kind of summarize why we think this is yeah why we think this is a good thing. The first Fantastic Beasts, depending on who you ask, ranges from disappointing to you know it's pretty good movie. It's a meh, you know. It's very meh. It has a weird meandering, almost non-structure. Like the ideas are there, but she didn't know how to structure it in the way that you structure a movie's right. narrative no and i fe- feel like that's her biggest weakness she doesn't know how to condense her stories nope. into <laughs> the movie structure narrative to a two-hour narrative that takes you to a height and gives you a conclusion exactly yeah I mean, she knows how to write books very well but screenplay writing is a different ball game oh yeah, yeah. and not all book writers can transition to screenwriting and that really showed itself in the second one because all of these plant these seeds that she had planted in the first one and kind of established a little bit now the second one starts and there's like 50 different little nuggets of story and character arcs and they don't really ever go anywhere logical and it's just this weird mess yeah it was not a good movie there's an episode of our 
podcast where it's like probably a year ago now, but there's an episode of our podcast where we talk about like how bad the writing is. You tr- you're sitting there scratching so your head trying you to find make sense it somewhere of what's in happening. Our archive. They kill a baby in that movie too. <laughs> yes, Just they so do. You know. They imply it. I can handle that. It wasn't, a lot more. The movie wasn't bad because of that. It was because no. how poorly written that baby's death. But is. now they're like, <laughs> I'm okay, sorry, we're getting just the way they it killed is. multiple babies in that movie. <laughs> so now they got a, they got another right. screenwriter, hopefully to kind of keep J.K. Rowling in check yes. for different impulses. So people keep are thinking. Her in check. I just I think yeah, not only keep her in check, but keep her focused. Say yeah. you know, keep her like okay. I know you have this big grand story in place, but the movie script is not the place to yeah <laughs> hash that out at. No, and we were kind of talking about that. With- I'm almost bitter that she has done yeah. this to a franchise that I think had so much potential, and it almost takes away from the Harry Potter franchise a little bit. Well, I hate franchises. Yeah, <laughs> I love franchises, and, but I hate what they inevitably become. And I. Convoluted, and I, and, yeah, and I'm just terrible. We're getting to the point where I'm like getting bitter over it, like yes. you're ruining this, and I don't know. It's like a big selling point of the second one was like we're going back to Hogwarts, yeah. and there's going to be young Dumbledore. He's super hot, and he was a. Odd. I mean, he was hot, and you did go back to Hogwarts, Briefly. but it was like it was like a stupid little tease. Yeah, it was like, it was five like minutes. what. And then in this article, they said, like, we know that the best part of this other movie was going back to Hogwarts. Yeah, the five so, minutes we were in Hogwarts, that was the best yeah. part. So we're uh, we're going to spend half the movie there, and then the other half in Brazil. And we're like, we <laughs> don't care about Brazil. <laughs> People, I am a little curious about what Magic Brazil is like. I don't care. I mean, it didn't work Magic for America New York City was boring and stupid. One, yeah. But... Matt. I don't know. Maybe Brazil will be interesting. Maybe, but I feel like... But what I think is going to happen yeah. is J.K. Rowling's going to get bogged down being trying to flesh out the world of magical Latin America. I think, yeah. And she's going to throw a bunch of stuff at the wall but not do anything with it and it'll also just be kind of lame. I feel like she doesn't... Hopefully not, but... She doesn't give the same care and attention and love to the wizarding worlds in these other places like america no. and south america it's laughable it's like and come she on. just is just throwing bones out there just trying to create something because what she did for the america school was so disappointing that it do we even see the american school yeah no. i have to be honest i have no idea what i american i i ilver morning yeah. or iver morning iver money i it's a stupid name it's a stupid it is <laughs> i have a no really idea hard what name you guys are talking about i'm so sorry the house Creatures were terrible. It, there's nothing for audiences, especially American audiences, that it takes right? place <laughs> no, there. I, to a, I honestly don't remember this. You yeah. don't. Which which movie? It's the first one. Him and Jacob first... are like in the. They go into his briefcase and they're talking about Ivor Morney and yeah, and the American they, School. They and then the, the different... bulk of the details are on Pottermore. Yeah. And then the president has a Thunderbird no jacket because she went to the school and she, that was her house. It's a bad case of like, if you want to get the full story, you're going to have to read my blog posts on the website. Yep. It's like, I don't want to have to do that just to understand your movie. It's creating unnecessary it's threads. Yeah. Super. No, I honestly do not, not remember as, that part. Yeah, so, I'll, I'll, I believe you. Good. I just have no clue. No. Yeah. J.K. Rowling, I think, got the wrong idea when people responded to Goblet of Fire. Because Goblet of Fire, it's cool to find out, like, oh, there are other schools in other yep. parts of the world. They're all coming here to visit. But she thought that, you know, just the idea, just because America also has a magical school, that in and of itself isn't cool. No. You know, you, Hogwarts is cool because it's so 
fleshed out. Yep. You feel like, you know, I feel like I could show up at Hogwarts and just based on my knowledge from the movies, I could like navigate around Hogwarts. Yeah. I would kind of know what to do, where to go. But yeah. but she didn't give that same care and attention no, to any other. She just came up with some really lame names, which especially when you compare like the names of the Ivor morning to Hogwarts, it's like, come on. Well, no com- I mean, Hogwarts. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. And the creatures are so much better thought out and sure yeah it just the whole thing the whole like history behind how the school was even created was silly and she's putting a lot of political like stuff into the america side that's really not in the british side like the that you can't fraternize with muggles and like that oh, whole yeah. thing and sure yeah no yeah. that's another thing come on yeah. muggle cool word no stupid yeah that nobody's gonna was, say no madge yeah that one was pretty weak <laughs> <laughs> honestly i've had the same anger about a year ago when the movie came out so i'm kind of yeah. like i'm just reliving it's like I'm god that was down now and just i'm going with the ride of what you guys are saying <laughs> i don't but think it's gonna work i think you're absolutely right though on again like i i always yeah. want to make clear i always want every as many movies as possible to be good except for franchises but I just don't think this is going to be. I think she's ruined it already. I and do. I, don't I really do. It's too little, too late. I wish they would just cancel writer. it and be like, sorry, guys, there's not going to be any more Fantastic Beasts movies. Or the third one is the la- end. They just wrap it up at the end and that they don't try to squeak out a fourth and fifth. I think that. God, I, I think keep forgetting when they there's announced, five of these things planned. When they announced five, that was too, too many and mm-hmm. that they needed you know that they or were already stretching it was like the thing with the thin. hobbit but even more so you have this yep. big epic story the lord of the rings like one big 15 2000 page epic novel right and you got your little kids book hobbit it's like 100 pages yeah it's like let's make that its own trilogy with harry potter you have these seven like 500 600 700 page tomes and then Fantastic Beasts is just, it's like just this a concept. little tiny little blurb on the pottermore yeah. and it's like five movies based yeah. on that make it happen like, 500 paragraph <laughs> oh i hate it this is why i hate i hate franchises so hate part it. of me was a little excited i was like finally they brought in a real screenwriter to be like this is how you actually structure a movie yeah mm-hmm. but i it's the first two are still there not interested. they're still there yeah. the thing still happened yep and yeah. they have to make this work like mm-hmm. warner's has to make this work or they're never getting four and five and i just don't see a huge turn of the tide no (laughs) i mean unless they pull something out and i'm just trying to think i'm I'm trying to think ahead in the future after the movie comes out if people are like you know what i know i sound crazy but i think that uh brazilian magic school might even be cooler than hogwarts it's like no who is ever gonna i'm interested but i'm not saying that (laughs) for the record i don't know it's is there are they even going to a brazilian magic i don't know why are they in brazil i bet yeah i don't know why they're in brazil what's his name flute furt uh flint newt newt Newt. that's his name i don't know why i thought it started with an uh an F. f but i wonder if they're gonna be popping in brazil not only to find grindelwald because he hid there for some reason but they're also going to find one fantastic beast because that's in the title they still have to pretend yeah, the that's still part a thing. of the story <laughs> and then they'll be like oh wait but he's hidden behind there the behind that tree let's go get him so, yeah. that's what i'm guessing i hate to say it but jk rowling really killed 
what little interest I had in expanded Harry Potter universe. I yeah. thought, you know, I didn't need anything more after the Mm-mm. the eight movies. Yeah. I was like, this is a beautiful conclusion. It, you know, the the world will live on. And it has. Once I saw Fantastic Beasts, I was like, this and isn't you know, what I making... thought when I think of expanded Harry Potter universe. Well, they're making that other book, the child one. The Cursed Child, the, the play. Child. They're making that a movie. Are they? Mm-hmm. I thought they've only just been <laughs> speculating about it. I no, wouldn't I be surprised. I mean, it. if Fantastic Beasts doesn't work, maybe they'll be like... Well, oh, let's cancel these. Cursed Child was a play. Hey, this has Harry, Ron, and Hermione in it. That's mm. what people like. And I don't like Cursed Child that much. You know, I've I, never read it. I don't think very many people actually do book. like it. I think It's probably way different if I see the play, which I obviously haven't. Because, you know, reading a script is yeah, that's true. It's way different than reading a book. A play, but just based right. on, you know, the character arcs and what happens and stuff, it's like... I mean, you, it's a, obvious when you're reading. I mean, it's also it's not written by J.K. Rowling, yeah. But it's obvious as you're reading it, like this is w- a worse finale in every way yeah. <laughs> to Deathly Hallows. It is. It's it's like taking that's the worst fan fiction and being like, oh, it's totally that's new elements. Oh my god, totally Voldemort had a child. Larry Mort. Larry Mort. Yeah, it's stupid. No, that wouldn't be Voldemort's son's name. I wouldn't, wouldn't be, be surprised if they do that, though. Wouldn't it be Larry. Oh, Kyle. Yeah. I mean, that's now a Harry you can't Potter think story. of any names. Your mind went blank. Yeah, now I don't know. What do, what, what do you top them, Voldemort? You just can't. It's a good name. So what was what's our conclusion for this story, anyway, that... Uh, my conclusion is <laughs> Warner Bros. took a little bit too long to realize that just because J.K. Rowling wrote the books doesn't mean she's, she's going to make gold yeah. with screenplays. Or should be entitled to do that. And I think that this is not going to be the saving grace that they need. No. Mm-hmm. She could have wrote first drafts and then had a professional Absolutely. go and clean it up. Sure. And that would have yeah. been ma- way better. But when you're surrounded by yes men, I mean, ob- the obvious comparisons right. that we even made here in the office, like George Lucas with the prequels. <laughs> yeah. It's like you're just surrounded by yes men and they're like, no, don't question what he said. He made this right. universe. It's like, yes, yes, whatever you say. Mm-hmm. And then when the ideas are really stupid, the people are just like, oh, that's yeah that's interesting jk <laughs> that's cool oh and then what's gonna happen with that character we really don't care about <laughs> yeah. what's and his then, name hat guy yeah well Blue but, but jk we're a little confused who is this and how don't worry there's there's a 20 minute scene where we literally draw out the entire family tree and try and connect the dots and oh explain to the audience that exactly that is an actual on. scene in crimes of grindelwald and yep. i never so badly wanted to just rip my brain out and throw it against <laughs> the screen <laughs> Yelling boo because <laughs> it's just it's a mess. Yeah, I, it's such it's a, a it is mess. truly a mess. So we'll, well, I guess we'll see. Yeah, hopefully, we move it, on. hopefully it's the saving yeah. grace. Now we, we got don't a think other to get through. If only J.K. could write the script for this next film, oh, maybe it'll be more interesting. <laughs> so this news story, I don't. What's the? Is there a production company or is it just that one South oh, African wait, dude? Oh wait, I'm supposed to look this up. Yeah. So um, dum, dum, dum. there's plans to make resurrect James Dean, who died <laughs> in the 60s, I believe. 55. 1955. Oh, he died in 55. Okay, yep. so died in the 50s. At the age of 24. At the age of 24, he, they're going to resurrect him because he is the only actor <laughs> on this earth, past and present, obviously, that can play the nuanced character of <laughs> a soldier 
in a, in a Vietnam era movie. Yeah, what's the movie called? It's called like something Finding Jack. Jack. Finding Jack. Yeah. Um, it's, this is a bizarre story, but it's true. Yeah. Basically, there's a producer out there. I don't know if he has backing from a studio or not, but they are. I don't think he, he does not have backing from they're, a studio. They're saying studio. that they're going to, you know, this technology that we've been seeing the last several years of digitally, digitally de-aging people, yeah. reconstructing people. Basically, they're going to bring James Dean back and using the archived like audio of his previous movies and interviews apparently they're just going to construct a whole new performance for this movie that's supposed to come out in the next couple of years they apparently have the permission of his family but to be honest he his likeness i'm sure is for the most part in the public domain and that that he yeah. they can do whatever they want this is just crazy i mean it's it's such a futuristic almost dystopian idea Mm-hmm. taking the deep that fake have, to that the has, next level yeah i mean these have kind of been jokes for a couple of years now like like oh pretty soon we're not even gonna need actors blah 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 and then something like this happens and it's like whoa it's right. actually kind of well, happening it brings up a number of issues one is you still need a physical live actor to put to model the base layer mm-hmm. and how does that actor get because it's really that actor's performance that they're doing and do they get credited? Is this a way for them to not pay and not credit regular actors and then use... Ooh, I love these conspiracy theories. Use marketing likenesses and yep. who gets the licensing fees and stuff for, for likenesses. Yeah, it's like, oh, James Dean got a $50 million paycheck for this. Oh, wait, he's dead? Oh. We'll just hold on to that for him. And it's like, <laughs> who... If, if the, if the um, actor happens to put in a great performance... Who gets credited with that? If and do you award any credit, or do you it's recognize a so performance bizarre. like that? Because it, because this movie brings is centered in the Vietnam War, which took place after he even died, and so you're taking this likeness of this person that is trying to play a part in a war that he died before it even <laughs> happened. I mean, it, may, it makes it's just really all no kinds sense. of weird, uncanny valley. And I think a lot of um, actors modern actors have maybe perhaps have seen this coming in other forms with the marketization and monetization of your likeness oh, yeah. because, i mean video games are all yeah. casted by real people now yep you know and so um i think that there's been some push with some recently deceased actors to try to hold off on that you will really only get copyright to your creative works for so long i think it's like 32 years or something if you write write your works and then they go into the public domain after a certain point um and so like there have been some recently deceased actors that have put moratoriums on the use of their likeness for something like 35 years Mm -hmm. after their death and the most notable is robin williams that's why you don't see robin williams resurrected in films or you know i I wouldn't want to or his face plastered endorsing products because there is that moratorium you cannot use him it was part of his you know estate Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. but james dean in the 50s had nothing like that there was never the technology to bring him back back no one even dreamt of that no so what do you do with those people even people that died in the 70s and the 80s would never have included this in well that's what that's the thing james dean's just the beginning because these same people are saying and in the future like we're going to be able to bring back i forget the the list of people they had on there but you know all of these like multiple other famous famous people 
Like, you can, you and yourself can probably name off. Just top think of, your of famous head. movie stars around the same right. time as James Dean, or even fifties, sixties, still in sixties and seventies. And it's just I don't know. It's bring back Marilyn Monroe and bring back that's one of them. Judy yeah, Garland yeah. and Marilyn Monroe, Betty, or bring something. back actors from their youth when they've had a full career and they're in their <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. what's to stop them from being like. Well, we want an Indiana Jones, but we want him young again. So let's yeah. just de-age Harrison Ford again. I mean, we're all but, re- we've already been starting with the de-aging stuff. Yeah, it's just crazy. I don't know. I feel like I want to believe that most people don't want this. I don't I, think they do. There's been a large outcry. I haven't heard a single well, person being like, "Well, I mean, maybe they make a good point." Yeah, I feel James like the, Dean's the guy. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like the only logical opinion to have on this can either be like you. Yeah, you or like, that's really messed up. It's just, it's just exploitation. It's exploiting James Dean's name, mm-hmm. and not even his, like his likeness. Just at this point, his name for publicity for your film that no one was ever going to see. That was just no. a garbage movie to begin with. Because <laughs> if it was, if it was going to be anything good, you could have hired a living actor today and gotten your movie made with a major studio. But to it was play James Dean. Yeah. Well, if it was like a biopic, you or could have something. got somebody that looked exactly like him. Like that's not hard to find. There's billions of people on this planet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, makeup and hairstylists these days they can easily make people look like them in the fifties. That's yeah. not. Yeah, it's there's tutorials yeah. of it on cosplay tutorials all the time on yeah. the internet. It's not hard to do. It's just a weird dark timeline. Yeah, so it doesn't look like there's any like distributor or any real studio backing this thing up. It only looks like. Um, some Canadian company called Image Engine is teaming up with the South the South African VVX company called MOI Worldwide, and they have the idea to make this movie. I just and can't imagine where they're going to get the money James for Dean it. I, I don't think we have to worry about it with this movie. I don't think right. this movie's going to see the light of day, <laughs> but I do think this raises a good point that this is a very realistic future and one that people should probably express that I mean, are we so? It's not the most right. ethical thing to do. Are we so lacking in creativity that we can't even use real people anymore? Oh, that I'm just we imagining that we can't make somebody new a star. That we have to go back stupid. to. Old well, I'm just names. imagining, you know, like in five years, you'd be like, "Oh, have you have you seen the trailer for Escape from whatever? Yeah, it's coming out next year. It stars Marlon Brando and Humphrey Bogart." What? what? You're That's like, just wait, so wait, weird. wait. How does that work? It came out this year. Ugh. It's just, I don't know. It's weird. But you're right, Cody, in saying like you can't find like someone at least close to that or whatever. Because there's a quote here from the guy that's like, I guess, producing and wanting to direct <laughs> this thing, who's saying we oh, search high and low for the perfect character to portray the role of Rogan, who's james dean's character in this i guess which has some extreme complex character arcs and after months of research we decided on james dean yeah <laughs> he's the only one who he's the this only one life. really the in only the last I, 60 years that has had the acting talent yeah not not to discredit in, james dean at all but i'm discrediting him now <laughs> he was in like three movies that anybody could actually name <laughs> well, so he's a great fair, actor in all fairness he wasn't but, in that many before his we, untimely real, death we, he didn't do enough acting to know if he was great or not he happened to be great in three instances like come on for the most part i would agree yeah i mean <laughs> i don't he know he was what 24 years old he was a young guy 
still he, had still he, was, he was had some pretty. great performances in some well written movies. Yeah, yeah. He, and he, he got mythologized for dying young over decades. And he got it. And he had some pictures that worked really well with merchandising. He was a good looking dude. He is a good looking dude, or was, I guess. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I just think it's stupid. The, the point I don't is buy like that at all. There's so many people that find well. upcoming stars and there's so it's many people willing right. to like take a role even like this for a movie that's probably never going to get made yeah you can't find anyone and, no except james dean it's just, it's just an excuse for them just to makes be able me think to of tommy wiseau because you know he's obsessed with james dean and in his eyes you know everything is compared to james dean so like i don't i don't know it's stupid story I don't think it's going to happen. No, it but just it does, freaked everybody out. It does set the blueprints for what could something like that possibly happening in the future. Yeah, yeah. it's just, yeah, it just keep your eye out because more stories like these could be popping up for, by some bigger studios than this. I, I just, see that being very possible. No offense. I don't even like going and seeing <laughs> Casablanca now, like, or <laughs> any of those. I, don't, I just don't care. So to me, having like a Humphrey Bogart resurrected does nothing i think for the mass majority people aren't i mean people already aren't really drawn to movies based on name recognition who's in them anymore well yeah. sorry I, you're right they're not ba- they're not drawn to movies based on who's in them anymore yeah so i mean especially going backwards in time to saying like we got a big name james dean i don't think that's gonna do anything yeah to begin oh, weird. with so. it's just weird yeah so we just wanted to Say that that's a story. You can. These are the times we live in. These are the times we live in. Good luck. Yeah. Well, on a lighter note, let's fly through these cute animated trailers. Yes. There were so many good ones. We've got yeah. three good of them for trailers. you. We've got the new Scoob trailer, the origin story Scoob. of Scooby Doo and Shaggy. <laughs> There's the the new and improved Sonic design. And it was improved. Uh, the trailer although, for that. Although when I watched it, I was like, I don't see it. Yeah, Cody came out. She's like, guys, did you even see any difference between the I Sonics? Just shook my head. It looked the <laughs> exact same. And I'm like, you didn't even watch either I did of the watch trailers. it. I mean, there were new scenes in it that I thought overall it was a betterly, a betterly, <laughs> what am I, a better composed trailer. Yeah. But um, I didn't notice. Yeah, and then I showed, I showed her the side by side picture. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, then I noticed. <laughs> then it was like, oh, this is very apparent. But I had to see a side by side. Apparently it didn't traumatize you as much as it did Eric and I. No. It was awful. You look at that side by side and you're like, what? Why was that ever the original? It blows my mind. If you happen to not remember, just Google like side by side of Sonic images and you'll see what we mean. Because the the original trailer is off. Like they got rid of like the um, original one sheet that had the terrible design along with like an image. Oh yeah, they're trying to scrub it. They're trying to scrub it clean. So now it's brand new slate. But it's going to live on the internet forever. Oh, it's already, there's, I've already seen like hundreds of memes on the internet of people like comparing the two versions of Sonic and yeah, it's, it was much better received though. Like, oh, you know, people people are like like, excited for the movie now. Yeah, I kind of am too, weirdly. It's Um, coming out this, uh, December. February. February 14th. Yeah. And the third trailer is the third Spongebob movie trailer, Sponge on the Run. Should we just talk about what we liked about the Sonic trailer other than the new appearance, the new look, since we started out with that? Or was was, that just the main reason? I mean, Sonic looks a thousand times better. Um, I like the trailer. It gave me the sense that you know, there's a lot of different varied locations that they're going to go to. Lots of different creative looking set pieces. 
Um, Jim Carrey looks awesome as a villain. Jim Carrey looks like great. He made me villain. laugh out loud when I watched the trailer. Yeah, yeah it feels like screaming Jim Carrey about again. lattes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you make them really good. Like I whatever. love the way you make them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I think this trailer did a much better job than. Yeah, now it just the looks like a fun, trailer. no cool... gangsters paradise like the first Gosh. one. Did. Now yeah. it just looks like a like it, a fun it, adventure trip. Yeah, I mean, I do kind of wish that they had the world. Um, be in sonic's world and not on earth but <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe this will still be fun that would be that too inaccessible better. for people though could be maybe i i guess i don't know that that part i just kind of wish for but i think this will be a much better sell than yeah, yeah. good it sonic was before thumbs up um, one thumbs up the scoop the, trailer yeah i mean this might be blasphemous for me to say but i've never loved scooby-doo oh my god like it's never been one of my favorites oh i've watched god. it a lot but just kind of casually, you know. Scooby Doo. Me was too. My I'm life. the same way. <laughs> Scooby Doo was my life. <laughs> That's <laughs> so many people are obsessed That's with Scooby Doo. Oh, Scooby like, Scooby's incredible. Like my girlfriend has like a Scooby Doo blanket that she like has had her whole life, and I'm like, people are crazy about Scooby Doo. She Scooby-Doo. sounds the coolest because Scooby Doo is awesome. Scooby Doo's a cool, you know, it's a cool idea, but I just didn't watch it that much. Man, but you know, I thought this trailer was fine. It looks like a cute little origin story. <laughs> it looks fine. It's a cute little origin story. <laughs> I didn't like. I only say one negative thing. I didn't like Scooby's voice when he was a puppy. It was that all kind of threw me off. I was like, it's so deep. I, I was like, I know voice. what a pup named Scooby Doo sounds like based on the it's show. Still Frank Reckler's voice, but in this trailer, I was like, whoa! It's just so. It's just. I got Kevin Costner flashbacks. Yeah, it was, <laughs> I was like that. I was fine with it. It's <laughs> it's actually the other voice actors um, for like all the other characters. I'm like, I don't know quite yet but i I'll, I'll see later when the movie comes out if i like them more i like the animation though it animation was, does look really good they were a little weirdly proportioned but i know that you have to modernize the hand-drawn characters so i get yeah. it yeah it wasn't it's, too bad it's much more modern but it looks a lot better than like the modern look of the adams family maybe yeah you know, it, i i agree with that it looks like they put more money behind it yeah. for sure i mean it's warner bros so yeah they Definitely did that. Um, but I, I, I think, give it a thumbs up. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be really fun Scooby and Shaggy adventure. Um, when does I that believe, come out? Let me look here for you. Because um, that's been on the Warner's May publicity site for next years. Year. Yeah, it's May fifteenth of next year. Cool. So it should be a really that good year's sell. Detective Pikachu. That's like the same time. Pikachu oh, it was came the same out. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I get you. And then the third trailer, SpongeBob. Sponge, sponge out of run. water or no, that's the second one that was the second oh, one sorry that's, i watched that one last night with my son <laughs> sponge on the run okay yeah. the first one is still sponge on the run the first spongebob movie is oh, it's it's great. a perfect movie it's it is a perfect it's movie. a perfect movie it has the David second Hassel. one i was like thinking that i was gonna hate it like this is a true spongebob one... and then i saw it on okay. the on an airplane ride and i was like that was pretty funny. The only thing <laughs> I didn't like about Sponge Out of Water was that weird music every time they time traveled that was supposed to be like, um, oh, what was that summer anthem a couple summers ago? The girls one with the, oh, why can't I remember anybody? Like Pharrell Williams and. Oh, Blurred Lines? Blurred, Blurred Lines. Blurred Lines. Yeah, oh, it sounded the like. The rape song? That wasn't a girls a bl- anthem. No, but it sounded like that same Blurred Lines music, but they obviously had different words and stuff. Oh, I don't and remember I was that. Like, this is weird. Oh, that could be kind of funny. I have Spider-Man is weird. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I yeah, first movie, perfect movie. Second yeah. one was not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. I, um, not I as still good as really first. enjoyed it. 
This one, I'm excited for this one. I I laughed at the trailer. I love the fact that Keanu Reeves is in it as yeah, the as Sage. Sage. <laughs> they got David Hasselhoff for the first one. Now they got Keanu Reeves. They know what works. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a simple story. Gary yeah. goes missing, and SpongeBob has to go find him. About him many years Not ago. Not the most original, you know, but whatever. Yeah. Got to retread some water. It's I, okay. SpongeBob can be simple because it's yeah, so SpongeBob can be very simple because so all much... of the funny stuff comes from just, yeah. just the weird. Just how weird everything is. It's yeah. It's it's the characters that are the big sell. Like the story can be so simple, but just mm-hmm. the characters are just so. I liked the animation. Magical. I found that I was like really yeah, the drawn animation was cool. to it. I was surprised a, too. Like actually. a split second, you see Sandy, and she's like all of you can see all of her fur and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, whoa. It's like a weird combination of like it looks like clay or play doh. Kinda, yeah. But yeah, not well. SpongeBob has played in like claymation before. They've done a yeah. few episodes too, but oh, yeah. this is definitely a lot more um, but, modern and sleeker. Yeah, this right. is the most. This is the first full CG SpongeBob mm-hmm. has been because I mean, like I said, I thought Sponge that the second one was, was all hand- CG based yeah. on the trailer. It's hand drawn, but yeah, and it's hand drawn for the majority. So no, I I actually really like the animation. I'm yeah. strangely I'm excited. drawn to it. I feel like it seems to be positively received because. I mean, SpongeBob now has like a legendary status. Yeah. Because we're now getting to the point where it's a generation old, Mm -hmm. you know? So, yeah. But I get to enjoy it with my kids. But it's still just as popular as it ever has been. It's truly timeless. Which is crazy to think of. Although I I can only handle so many episodes. After a while, I'm like, there's just, that's too much. That might be the first. I could watch the first four seasons on a loop for the rest of my life. (laughs) They're genius. I mean, older seasons are. The genius yeah. of course they are i love it no i mean all these I wouldn't call it genius yeah, but... i would 100 percent call it genius there's some pretty smart episodes they're very very smart uh but all three of these trailers i think they're going to be attached to frozen which is why yeah. they're releasing them now yeah the kids are going to love all three of them they're popular ips that are recognizable well maybe sonic being maybe the least popular i'm not quite sure i would but... say sonic's not recognizable because he just not as much as a game. scooby or a spongebob maybe yeah. but i'm out of touch so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> cool. But I think regardless, kids are going to be like, ooh, something cool. Colorful looking. animated well, stuff. Well, my kids yeah. are already excited about Because we showed them the SpongeBob trailer last night, and then we watched Sponge Out of Water. So we're, <laughs> I'm setting the foundation for that movie. There you go. Maybe I'll watch the first SpongeBob movie this weekend. Why would you not? It's a very good question. I watch very good point. Because he's been distracted with Disney Plus, Trader. Oh, that's well, just with Toy Story you. stuff. <laughs> I watched the other two Toy Story Tunes shorts. Hilarious. They're great. They're touching. I watched the Toy Story of Terror special, which oh, wasn't yeah. on Disney Plus. I had to rent that on YouTube, but whatever. And then I watched Toy Story Four again. Uh, Disney Plus, boom. Which isn't on Disney Plus <laughs> either. So Disney. And then I left a review. I was like, needs more Toy Story. Is that what you said? Yeah. They're like, how are you enjoying Disney Plus? And I was like, mm, four out of five. Name they're like, do you want to write a review? I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> and I was like, a pretty darn good service, but you're missing Toy Story of Terror and Toy Story 4. Come on, guys. Never saw those, but I'll take your word for it. Toy Story of Terror is cute. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a really it's... powerful story about Jesse like, overcoming her fear of abandonment. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's really good. Is that okay. the one that starts out where they're having a tub party? Yeah. Yeah. It's like on Halloween. Right. And parts of it are messed up. It's like kind of scary. Yeah. It's like, jeez. Well, now I will check it out. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> cool. Well, that's everything we have. Yeah. I mean, 
What is coming out this weekend? We talked about Ford it. Ford v Ferrari. And Charlie's Angels. Charlie's Angels. The, the Good, Good Liar, Liar from Warner Bros. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Helen Mirren. And that nobody knows Sir anything Ian about. McKellen. Sir Ian McKellen. Nobody knows that movie exists. No, that one's going to be... <laughs> Yeah, that one's maybe. not going to be anything. It's really, <laughs> exactly. I, I don't want to be like ageist or anything, but it's really hard for me to get behind a movie where I'm like seeing 80 year olds being like, let's date. Just <laughs> not the demographic. That is that what this I'm movie not. is? Yeah. Like Partially. I thought it was like story. a crime movie. It is, it's but a like, crime thriller love sh- story. They're, sing- they're both single and they start dating and you don't and he like kind of inserts himself into her life and you really don't know if she has secrets and if he obviously has secrets and is trying to maybe steal her wealth because she's a wealthy widow Oh, i see (sighs) forbidden love amongst criminals i love old people but you don't know if maybe they're like my favorite thing to look at i love old people in movies they look so good on screen sure (laughs) i mean tell me i'm wrong i mean i love it i do i would argue that just the it it part. looks interesting because it has yeah, Helen Mirren. I mean, if it's a romantic thing, it, you know. But I can get behind it. I'm like, on each other. I want to find love ooh. too. And they're both yeah. for for yeah. as old as they are. Ian McKellen and Helen Mirren. And are Helen Mirren hot. has a grandchild that's like, I don't trust him, Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust him. He's not the one for you. Yeah. I mean, he's right. He shouldn't trust no. him. He has like a secret. That's a good grandson. Secret door in the back, and then he shows her the secret door. So you think that oh, she trusts him, but just all a ploy. What if she's a spy? That's what I think is the twist at the end. She's a spy, and she tricks him. Yeah, that's a good and he's spy. He's like, I never saw it coming. Is that I your thought, Ian McKellen? I yeah. thought we had something <laughs> special. She's like, darling. No. Something, darling, yeah. and then <laughs> just leaves. <laughs> Something darling just walks out. He's like, <laughs> like leave them handcuffed to the bed or something. That's it, huh? All right, <laughs> take us away, Kyle. All right. Uh, well, everyone, thank you for listening <laughs> to another episode of the Off the Break podcast. Uh, always can check us out on all uh, podcast formats, uh, platforms. Platforms. I don't know what I said. Streaming services. All streaming services, including Disney Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, except for Spotify, we're still working on trying we to be are. up on Spotify. Sorry, I keep I keep getting distracted from that, but it will happen one of these days. It will happen. We'll one make of a these big days. splash. Maybe we'll clink champagne when it does. Like I'm, Cody I'm, I'm down. Completed a project. <laughs> Cody completed a project. <laughs> that always calls for champagne. Uh, yeah. But anyway, yes, thank you again. We're on all those platforms, uh, and we're also up on our website, SilverScreenInsider.com. If you are a theater owner or manager that is in need of uh, some help to get your small theater um, doing a bit better than it needs to, that's what we're here for. So please check us out. Have a good weekend. Have a good weekend.